Welcome to Poolside Podcast. This is episode number 51 and I'm your host, Rachel Anthony. I am sharing the interview I did with Bobby and Phil of Tribal Lambs, which is a nonprofit jewelry company that is raising money to fund projects for HIV positive children in India. Bobby and Phil in this interview share how they met and why they decided to pursue this mission together. They talk about how they want to end the stigma that is impacting these HIV positive people in India, especially the children. And to end a stigma, you need to bring awareness, which is their goal. They want to give these kids a better opportunity in life than they are currently facing um, in India today. They use storytelling to spread the word of Tribal Blams um, by sharing the stories of the children and also the caretakers on their social media platform. So if you want to look into this and really see the difference that they're making and the people that they're impacting and that you're impacting by buying their jewelry, um, you can check out the videos on Facebook. And as they talk about, some of them are really sad, some of them are empowering. It's just a whole variety of the different types of people that are affected and how they're affected. Um, But at the end of the day, they just want to raise money to give these people and these kids um, a better start in life. Um, They also give their advice for people who want to start a business and how to balance a full-time job with a side hustle or passion. Um, Even though when you listen to it, it sounds like this is a full-time job for both of them. It isn't. They both also have other jobs um, to fund this passion of theirs, which I think is really impressive when people are able to sacrifice the other time in their life that normal people spend, like watching TV or um, doing useless things like that. They're spending their time either traveling back and forth to India or working on their business to help out other people. So you will for sure be inspired by Bobby and Phil, and I'm excited for you to hear this interview. So let us get into it. Do you want to start with introducing yourselves and telling us what you do? Great. Okay, so my name's Bobby, and I am the founder of Tribe of Lambs and take on the title of creative director, although when you have a startup, it's kind of a loaded title because you really just do everything that you possibly can. But my background is in the fashion industry. I worked as a wardrobe stylist in Toronto for a few years before heading to India and or India via Australia, meeting Phil and deciding to start a tribe of lambs. And that was about five years ago. So that's kind of my background. And I'm Phil. So I am the director of marketing at tribe of lambs. So it's just me and Bobby who run the organization. Um, And yeah, my background is marketing, advertising and kind of business strategy. So my, my input for this is, is more kind of, the website and how we talk to our customers and how we communicate and market our products online. Um, so yeah, but again, like Bobby said, it's, it's a startup and me and Bobby just do everything. So we have titles, but also we're accountants and tech support and everything. So we just do everything together. Right. Just officially on the website and your business cards, you have titles. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And LinkedIn. Right. (laughs) Uh, And you mentioned, Bobby, that you guys met five years ago. So do you want to say how you guys met and how you ended up starting this business together? 
Um, yeah, so Phil and I met like very serendipitously at a party in Australia um, in Byron Bay. And we just had like a really nice connection initially and and kind of like as a traveler, you know, you're not really sure if you'll connect with people again, but we connected in Sydney, I think one or two more times. And then I headed to India and then about four or five months after I was in India, Phil had sent a message saying he was going to come to India. So when he arrived, um, it was at the end of our initial crowdfunding campaign, which I had started just as like sort of a trial to see if I could start a social business, working with artists and groups, raising money for marginalized youth. And Phil came and uh, helped me deliver on the final project. So we were delivering backpacks and winter boots and underwear to children in Northern India. And, and from there, we, he was kind of like, if you decide to do this officially, like I'll come on with you and help you. And that was over four years ago. So from there, we've become best friends and travel buddies and business partners. And it's a pretty special relationship that we get to be really good friends and also create a business making social change in the world. Yeah. And if you had told me that this random girl I met at a party in Australia would suddenly be my travel companion in India and my business partner four years later, I would like tell you like, around but it's just yeah it's magical and when I got to India and and I didn't have any involvement in Bobby's initial crowdfunding campaign for Tribe of Lambs it was just like I was there I arrived at the right time and Bobby said oh can you help me just fulfill on this crowdfunding and I was like yeah so it was just it was just inspiring and I could not get involved so it was it was just perfect it all worked out. No that's awesome and have you found that because you're you don't live in the same city right now have you found that that's been a challenge not being together to run the business or has it worked out? I mean, it's, it's challenging. I mean, I'm in the UK right now and Bobby's in Toronto, like, but we've always just kind of like dealt with it. I mean, we work really well. We have constant communication as friends and, and business partners. We're just always chatting, always emailing. We have Slack, like, so we're in constant communication. It's just, um, it's just kind of easier, more like motivational when you have your business partner there. So we have had times where we're in India at the same time, where we're in Canada at the same time, we're in the UK at the same time. And we just find it does like, it, it's just like we bounce ideas off each other. We get more work done. It's more inspiring, more motivational. Like it is easier when we're physically in person together, but we make it work for sure. Yeah. And how how often do you try to get together for those? Like, do you go to India multiple times a year um, for this? Yeah, I think we're pretty lucky in the sense that Phil and I, just our nature, we're both avid travelers and we like to, you know, go to places together. So whether we're meeting up in Japan or USA or wherever, we somehow manage to find a way to meet up for at least you know, two or three months every year, which is pretty cool. Like last year we were in India together and traveling through the U.S. for three months growing our business. So we kind of just do what it takes. And um, this year has been a little bit of a challenge because Phil's trying to get his PR for Canada. So hopefully he'll be back over here soon. But um, yeah, we try to do what we can. This year I'm going to go to India now and Phil's going to go later on in the year which is kind of, it's, it's funner to be in India together, but it also makes sense business-wise for us to split the trips up 
uh, and have one person go and then a few months later another person go but we're just kind of figuring out what works and we normally do one big trip in india we normally like a lot like two or three months of our time in india so we get a decent amount of time with the kids and the guys who produce our jewelry so yeah when we're together we have a longer time but this year we're doing two shorter trips separate and let's jump into what your whole business is now that i feel like we've like creeped around it the whole time um so what is tribe of lambs and what does the name mean and where did the idea come from so tribe of lambs is a for-purpose jewelry brand for ethical consumers and we use our jewelry as a vehicle to fund our projects for children with hiv and those children are based right in the same communities where our jewelry is produced so that's kind of our business in a nutshell and um, it's kind of grown out of the original idea to start tribe of lambs was how can we raise money for at-risk youth selling products made by artists and groups in india and from there it's streamlined down to jewelry and then about three and a half years ago we were looking for another project with because before we had done um we had worked with some kids, we had rebuilt a library in a government school, we put solar panels on an orphanage in northern India, we were kind of doing all these random projects. And then, uh, yeah, about three years ago, we met with a home for HIV positive children and were really, sh they shed light to us on the situation for children there, the fear and discrimination and stigma in this general society and the lack of government care for these kids. And Phil and I kind of had to sit down and we decided we can maximize our impact if we focus on one cause and somehow this cause really called to us and we just felt really compelled that this was our mission and from there it's just been that's our 100% focus so it took a little bit of zigzagging but that's where we are right now and the just to jump in the name tribe of lambs like the tribe is representative of our our customers and our community so like a tribe coming together this like strong like community like raising money and awareness and like and and being this strong body of force for our lambs and the lambs are a representation of the kids we support so the hiv positive kids um so that's that's the background for the name i name. No, i love it and I know we talked about a little bit what you guys both do within the company, but do you want to kind of go through like a day in the life kind of thing of what you do and kind of uh, share what it's like to be an entrepreneur in a business? Mm. Um, <laughs> sorry, you go, Bobby. Well, I mean, it's pretty, it depends. Like, oh my gosh, every day is so different. It depends. Like Phil and I both have, I have a part-time job, so it's a part full-time job. So it's like every day is different depending on where you're working. Right now we're um, incubated at Ryerson and their social venture zone. So for me, I'm really lucky that I get to go into the social venture zone, which is a co-working space for social startups in the Toronto area. And um, I get to go in there and work alongside 38 other amazing startups. And that's been like a really big game changer for me in terms of just productivity and tackling all the various tasks that you have to do when you're motivated by other entrepreneurs who are also facing the same problems and 
uh, also try to tackle some really big social issues. So it, it, every day is different. And I think that's one of the biggest challenges of being an entrepreneur is time management and uh, motivation because you're just working for yourself. So I find that that's the hardest part. But yeah, every day is diverse and exciting for sure. Mm. And the roles, like we take each task kind of like together. Like we, I mean, we do lean in different directions. So Bobby is a lot more like, product design and like thinking about what's on trend what like new pieces we can produce and how that'll look when we start photographing it and stuff so definitely like product focus is more bobby and like i guess how we market that is more me so generally it's kind of split that way but again there's so much crossover like bobby has so much creative input on um like photo shoots and how we talk about ourselves and how we market ourselves online on our website um but then maybe i'm more like implementing that so we both feed into how how our brand is presented to the world um but i can like deliver it like technically like getting messages out there getting ads out there um uploading photos that kind of thing so it's it's a, there's a lot of crossover but we just both we both have our separate focuses and it seems to be working, so can't go wrong there. Yeah. yeah. Um, and over the past four or five years since the company started, I'm sure since you've been to India more often and now you've made an impact, do you want to share what Tribe of Lambs means to each of you now and how it's impacted your life over the last few years? Yeah. Um, yeah. Can I go? Yeah. Yeah. Um, definitely for me, like Tribe of Lambs, like is, it started off as like something that I was so excited about and it's just like gained more and more excitement as the company's grown, as our customers have grown, as our, our projects, and our, our contributions to, to our partner homes in India have grown. Like we've started seeing impact on, on our donations over the years and our support over the years. Like it's just, it just feels really good. And every now and again, like, of course, we have moments where we're like, ah, what are we doing? Um, but overall, like, we are making a difference and it, it feels really good. So it definitely for me, it just kind of validates, I don't know, it, it's nicer working for yourself and seeing a direct impact to rather than working for someone else. I mean, like Bobby said, we both work for other people right now. Um, which is fine, but that's not our real passion. Our real passion is this. So it's, it's rewarding and that's a, a big impact. And it, sometimes you get caught in this day-to-day yeah, -day, like task list, this constant to-do list that we both have. But overall, it, it's, we are making a difference and it feels really good. Um, so yeah, a very positive impact on my life. Yeah. Um... It's interesting. I read an article once that said when you're an entrepreneur and a single woman without children, like you can take on a business as if it's a child. And I really feel like that, like to see something go from your just an idea phase into a startup, into a scaling phase of a business and getting to grow it with my best friend and and really see the impact that we're making in the world firsthand when we get to go there and spend time in India with the kids and the producers that we work with. It's really, really rewarding. And I think the fact that we have such a strong why as to why we started this business and why we continue to do it, even though it's very challenging, it just speaks volumes to the, 
to the possibility that I think we still both really believe in and it's really made a big impact in my life and just growing this business has changed the way I make different choices in all my life in terms of shopping consciously and trying to live a good life and be true to our values and our brand and it's just been a really amazing experience. I don't think we'll ever look back on starting Tribe of Lambs with any kind of regret. So it's a very special thing. And I'm really proud of us and what we've accomplished. And so your jewelry is designed and produced in India? So we actually design it here. So I do most of the designs. And then sometimes we collaborate with the artisans' designs. So I'll bring my designs over there and then we work together to develop the samples. So some samples we do out by hand and some we do on CAD, which is a computer software program for 3D jewelry design. So it depends on the different uh, needs of each, each piece, depending on how we produce it. But for the most part, we're working with molds and castings so that when we're gone, there's that quality control and each piece is for the most part the same. So um, that's how we work with the uh, design. Um, and where do you get your inspiration from? Can you walk us through like the process of coming up with the idea and then turning it into the actual piece of jewelry? Um, our designs are pretty simple. And I think just having an eye for fashion after working in the industry and watching trends and what's happening in e-commerce space and also taking cues from our artisans and the Indian uh, aesthetic because it's like in, in North America, it's more of a simple style. Like people really like simple jewelry right now, but whereas in Eastern style, it's um, a lot more costumey. So it's kind of like bridging both and utilizing the craftsmanship and the skill that our artisans have to make designs that are still simple and wearable here, but not as like wild and outlandish and expensive as they are in the traditional style. But yeah, we just take cues off of what's on trend and also just my personal preference and Phil started tapping in on the men's designs. We have a few men's collections and uh, yeah. Cool. Um, and do you design different ones like per season or do you kind of just as you come up with the designs make them we do new designs every year so i'm heading back to india in a couple weeks so we'll do our new styles then we usually do about like 10 to 20 new styles a year and then we release them maybe twice a year so when we go to india we develop all the samples for the year and then depending on our budgets and the how fast our workshops can get everything done we might release new pro new styles twice over the year and do you always see yourself focusing on india or would you grow and expand to different areas of the world I think, I mean, at the moment, our focus is India because there's so much work to be done. Um, it, I mean, I love it. Like, I mean, HIV in India is something that's not really spoken about that much. When you hear about HIV, you think of countries in Africa. Um, but India's got the third largest HIV epidemic in the world, and nobody really acknowledges that apart from the UN. Um, so I think there's just 
endless i mean as far as i can see like endless work to be done in india so right now our focus is india and will be india for a long time um but if we grow to this big beautiful charity that we're that we're aiming for then maybe we can take on other countries but right now like there's just so much work to be done there so yeah definitely india is a focus and you kind of just touched upon it saying that but what would you say are some of the biggest misconceptions about HIV um, and in children um, in India or just in general? One like big fact that sticks out to Phil and I a lot is the fact that it's illegal for an HIV child to go to a government orphanage in India, but there's no government orphanages for HIV positive children specifically. So they rely solely on the care of private NGOs, but because there's so much fear and stigma in the society, not many people are willing to open up homes for HIV-positive children. So they're really cast aside. And in Rajasthan, the state that we're working in, there's over uh, 2,500 children registered with HIV, and that's probably not even an accurate number because many aren't registered. And there's only care for 200. So you really see the lack of care, but when you seek out where are these children being offered the services that they need in terms of healthcare and psychological support and education and, and all of the needs that's required for a child to thrive, it, we, can't, we couldn't find it. So it really was alarming for us, I think. And yeah, we could, there's so many facts that really like people don't part of in India about HIV and it's really, really alarming. Yeah, and the other thing, apart from the lack of actual care for for the kids, is um, the lack of access to medication. I mean, medication is free from the government, that so it is like available to everyone in India. Um, but the waiting list to get into a center, there's only like select centers um, across the country that distribute like HIV medication, the ART meds. Um, and we were actually in touch with two doctors that work in Rajasthan, like one in Jaipur in the city that we operate in and one outside of Jaipur. Um, and they said there's, there's 26,000 patients like registered, like a minimum of 26,000 patients registered with one doctor for HIV medication. Um, so there's literally, we've been to the centers and there's just a lineup of people every day, like this endless line of people just waiting with their paperwork to collect the medication for the month. And that's every month they have to go. So it, yeah, the medication is free in India, but getting actual access to it is a lot of work, a lot of time and energy and dedication to literally waiting in line to see a doctor that will give you less than a minute of his time to just sign a form and give you the meds. Um, so that's a big thing in India as well. And obviously as a child, you can't be doing that. You don't know about that. So if you're not in someone's care, like it's, it's, I mean, like it's very difficult to manage HIV. It's tricky. Well, yeah, that's crazy. And I didn't know, which I guess is your whole, the whole reason for having this company. And would you say that sharing the education behind it is just as important as raising money to help them? Um, do you spend time doing that as well, bringing awareness? Yeah, so I mean, right now, 
our main focus is providing the immediate needs of the children, which were paying for their education and associated costs. But it's definitely in our goal and our short-term site to build more awareness programs both in the local communities and also globally for our customer bases. Like, so people become more aware that even though we know in North America that HIV is basically on the edge of a cure, you can live a long, healthy life with HIV. There's so much resource and care available here. But in places like India, HIV is 30 years behind in terms of general knowledge and, you know, people being denied school education, being denied health care, being denied any kind of public service because they've been outed in their community as HIV positive. People are very, very afraid to hug or kiss or talk to someone that has HIV. And we know that that's not the case, but there they just don't know it. So it's definitely, we see that to end stigma, you need awareness, and we're totally focused on that. But we're also recognizing that there's an immediate need that we want to provide these kids with the tools to thrive in life. And that's kind of our focus right now in terms of our, how big we are. But it is always in the back of our mind, like, grow, 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 because there is so much work to be done in this area. Yeah, and I like Phil said, like it just is endless as well because there's so many people out there. Um, and can you share some stories of the impact that you've had that you witnessed while you're there or um, just stories of kids that you've helped? I mean, the biggest, um, so our projects for the last couple of years have been funding um, two partner homes and, and directly their like tuition fees for the kids. So that's that's our main interaction with the home is that we take on the cost of their their monthly or their quarterly tuition plus buying all the kids like uniforms and school bags and books and all that stuff they need to go to school and get an education um but in terms of i mean when we're in india we spend most of our time in jaipur with the kids and it's i mean we're not caretakers and we're not social workers so our time with the kids is mostly just fun which is great um but i think the 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 biggest impact i mean like these these kids see foreigners come and go and like random people drop in all the time like and i think what's nice for us and the kids is that we have this ongoing relationship and that's nice so we get to see them grow we get to monitor their like grades at school and what year they're in like what they got for their like test results like what they're doing now like some of the kids are going to college like some of the kids are new so it's just nice to see like over the years we've been working with these two homes to to watch the kids grow i mean that's that's really nice to see um and some kids like when they come to the home they have a few emotional issues like they've been abused or they've been abandoned or they've been in previous homes that have just treated them poorly so we can like like every time we visit like we get updates from the home all the time of course but when we're there we actually see the impact of them being in this safe space um going to school being around kids that look after them caretakers that look after them being on the right medication like and just feeling a bit love and stability like that impact and that like that progress over the years is is wonderful to see um so that's yeah it's it's 
nice for us. It's rewarding for us to see that every year. And just like a little bit more on that, I think it's been really amazing too to see, to visit other homes for HIV positive children and, and see the sort of standard of care, the home that we've chosen to partner with, they really focus on quality versus quantity. And that being said, it's, it's hard for them because they're very, very often having to turn children away because they just can't, they don't have the capacity to bring in more kids and, and keep the quality of care that they have. Like we pay for all of our kids to go to private school, which in India, private school is basically just regular school because government schools are, are not very good and um but just to see that the support that we're bringing in and is really making an impact that these kids can not only survive but they can really thrive and grow up to be contributing members of society and they're so focused on their studies and they're loving and they're kind and they're really brave kids and and when you see the other sort of that they could go it's it's like night and day really so i think that's been a rewarding part to see wow if we can just grow our organization we can bring more kids in and give them this type of opportunity in life that every child deserves whether you're hiv positive or negative so that's been a really amazing thing to see the impact for sure well that's that's awesome that you can go back and see the same kids as well so that you can kind of see how they're doing and how that's impacting them rather than just sending money overseas or something and not having that same connection with them. Definitely. And I think too, for our customers and our donors, it's a huge thing because people want to give charitably, but there's always this lack of trust with the organizations. Like where is my money actually going? And we're able to really show the impact that people make, even if they donate $5 or buy like a tiny ring, that they, they, they can really see the trail of their money and <clears throat> furthermore, the trail of the energy and the good, the good that they're doing by purchasing something that gives back to a huge global cause. So that's definitely a big part for sure. And how have you grown your awareness for Tribe of Lambs? Like, I know that I've seen you because of pop-ups and everything, but um, what's your strategy that you've done to get your name out to people? I think the biggest thing we do is, is storytelling. So um, on Facebook, like we, we tell a lot of the stories of the kids and we, we use pseudonyms for all the children to, to protect them. But we we like our customers or people who don't know who we are to have a little like insight into a kid's life and like what they've been through and and some of the kids have had like okay like scenarios and some kids have had horrific scenarios um and those stories need to be told i mean they're they're powerful and they're some of them are upsetting and some of them are not but like that's like we think all the kids stories need to be told and the caretakers stories need to be told and that's our biggest way we we raise awareness about what we're doing what we're trying to do in india um so yeah storytelling is a big part um and i think like so online we tell a lot of stories and we want people to feel connected to our stories and we name our products after the kids and after the caretakers so that our customers feel directly connected to the impact they're having in india 
but in person we do a lot of that too like we i mean at like pop-ups and festivals last year we partnered with the wanderlust yoga festival across the states and canada and um that's that's been amazing for us because there's there's like-minded people who want to hear our story and want to hear about the impact we're making so we get to fully like share our our personal story and our connection with the kids but also the kids stories um so yeah like we do a lot of face-to-face like storytelling um but yeah online it's it's mostly through our social media channels and what have been the biggest challenges you've had to overcome since starting the business um there's been a lot i think any startup faces a lot of challenges and i think any social startup faces a lot a lot of challenges but um each challenge i guess comes with us a reward like even just finding our producers and the, the challenges we face with production and learning how to do business in india as like a young looking white woman who's never done business anywhere before. I know those challenges that I faced when I was first going around trying to order jewelry and design jewelry and these, these uh, Indian jewelers looking at me like I was kind of crazy and uh, like trying to learn the culture for sure. Like we don't ever want to go into India and think that we know better or know what's best. So it's really been, four and five years of developing really deep relationships with the communities that we're working together with to impact and um, meeting with all the organizations and, and seeing the causes. People have approached us too with different causes, like, please, can you help us? And, and us having to know our limitations and say, no, this is what we're working on right now and this is our capacity and having to say no have been pretty challenging, but I think having anything worthwhile has a lot of challenges. The personal challenges Phil and I have faced, I know living in a van last summer, traveling around the U.S. had its challenges, but also has great rewards. We're really lucky to have amazing community around us and friends and family who support us in what we do. So that makes the challenges all the, all the more bearable. <laughs> And financially, I think is a big challenge as well. Like we have second jobs. Like we we don't really pay ourselves a livable wage from Tribe of Lambs because our, our projects and our pro- like our kids come first. So working second jobs, like and and having that kind of time balance between payable work and Tribe of Lambs, which we actually just want to do full time forever. Um, that's a challenge, but also yeah managing money like we need to be in india and we we use a lot of our personal income for for the general running of 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 our interaction with tribal lambs like paying for our flights to india like our time when we're there our accommodation when we're there like it's it's a lot of personal financial strain as well so that's a challenge and again we're making it work but it's it's a big toll yeah i'm sure i I can imagine and obviously the goal is to have that I'll be self-funded as well, but mm-hmm. it's impressive that you're able to balance that out and really like do your passion, I guess, even if it's not bringing in you money, which I think is important. Um, and what keeps you motivated 
as you grow the business, either financially not being able to do it or traveling to India or just keeping up with your daily life? I'm sure it's very busy. I think we're pretty good at keeping each other motivated. I mean, like day to day, like we like sometimes I have more time on my hands. Sometimes Bobby has more time on our hands. Sometimes I'm having a bit of a meltdown. Bobby's having a bit of a meltdown. Like, but we just, we're always there for each other and, and we're always in communication and always supportive. And I think that's a key thing. Like, I don't think I could do this by myself for sure. Um, so yeah, it's nice having a partner there that understands the strain that we go through, but it's also so rewarding and, yeah, so we keep each other motivated, but also the the kids keep us motivated. So we just remember certain key points where we've had really tough times with the kids or they've gone through tough times. And um, we always bring it back to that. Like, it's always worthwhile, no matter how our day is going, how our week or year is going, and no matter how stressful it is and tired we are and how overworked we are, like, it's all worth it because no matter what we're up to, the kids have had a tougher time. So that makes it that makes it worthwhile and that's that's motivational for us well said so perfect <laughs> <laughs> uh what advice would you give to someone who wants to start a non-profit or a social business or just a business in general i would say my main point of advice would be to really focus in on the why why you what is your cause or why it is that you want to start this business because really the why is going to be the the fuel that keeps the fire burning i know if you're just chasing money or success or fame or any of those things it can fizzle out pretty fast and i know for us the only reason we've kept going all this time is like phil just said is because of our why which is the kids and the impact that we're really can truly see and feel with our hearts and soul like into our bones that we we want to make an impact for this community and it's it's i think the main thing you can create anything you can sell anything you can market anything but it has to be something that's worthwhile and that you fully truly believe in and and you can see yourself making an impact uh and you talked about you both have jobs as well. So how do you find a work-life balance between everything? Mm. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that's tricky. Um, I mean, our scenarios are a little bit different. Um, so I freelance in, in London like full-time. So I have like a full work week, um, like Monday to Friday, nine to five. So my, my balance is like, like, I don't know, finding working hours in the evening or in the morning or my lunch break to fit in tribe work. And then my weekends are, are tribe work. So um, it's tricky, but I just cram in as much time as I can within the week. Um, and we're like, we're very open with the hours. We're like, we have a, a Monday check-in with each other, like an official check-in of like, this is my like kind of action list for the week. This is what I'm up to. And um, we kind of allocate or like we, we share our hours, our working hours for the week so that we know like when each other are available. Um, and then I guess like the, the fun side of life, the, the social side and the, the rest side is just, it fits in around that, I guess. Um, 
but it, like it's different for for me i mean probably if you want to share yours it's a little different well yeah i think it's it's nice that we just we both you know when we check in with each other we let each other know like you know like it's phil's birthday tomorrow so he's not working tomorrow and and <laughs> we're like flexible with each other and and also recognize that self-care and having fun and living life is also equally as important and if our business has to grow a little bit slower because we're not working 100 hours a week then that's okay because our life has to be enjoyed and Phil and I are both the type of people that like to enjoy life we like to have fun we like to travel we like to be with people we love and and you know take care of ourselves and those things are important too so if we're not enjoying those things then our business isn't going to be doing well and I think the times where I've really struggled with tribal lands is the times when I let those things go and it's just recognizing that there has to be a balance and sometimes it's okay to just switch off from work whatever work that is and and have fun and how do you find traveling while working because I know you said that you've traveled for like three months at a time or um like some of them are longer trips so how does that work with um being able to work for your other businesses as well as this one i mean definitely when we're traveling we're like solely dedicated to tribes so we actually um we're lucky that we have jobs that we can leave um like so we when we're in india it's just like full-time tribe work which is great um so yeah when we're traveling we just and when we're traveling together, especially, we just kind of like treat every day like a work day, but just for tribe. So if we're in India, we find a cafe with Wi-Fi or um, we have an apartment that we rent out and, and that has Wi-Fi, even if it's a little slow. Um, so we just treat it like a work day and find spaces to work and, and, and just get things done. Yeah, it's pretty cool, the age that we live in now, that it's possible to really work remotely. Like. Sometimes I'm working in one country, Phil's in another country, we're in the same country. It's just, it's pretty cool that we can still be totally connected. It takes a little bit more practice, I think, to be committed and motivated to work when you're traveling, but you just got to do it. <laughs> um, and how can people get involved and where can they find your jewelry? Um, well, first thing is, we want to get involved buy a piece of jewelry or make a donation or if that's not financially possible for people to follow us on social media and sign up for our newsletter and just share our story because that's really how we'll continue to grow it doesn't even necessarily mean you have to contribute financially but it's really a sharing of stories and a word of mouth and a coming together of people that are really looking to make choices in their lives and their day-to-day -day lives that are going to make a positive impact in the world. So whatever that looks like, you know, rock a piece of jewelry or give us a shout out on social media. I think. Uh, a couple more questions. Is there a book or podcast that you would recommend to the audience? Mm -hmm. I, I mean, one of our friends runs a podcast called Dharma Chasers, um, 
that's quite an inspiring podcast. It's like just people following their dharma and their like mission in life. And she interviews, I mean, she's interviewed us, but it's not about us. Um, but she's just interviewed some amazing people. And that's quite an inspirational podcast. So yeah, I would say Dharma Chasers is a good one. Yeah, that's a really good one. I also really like um, The Good Life Project. That's one of my favorite podcasts and Rich Roll. And I'm reading a really awesome book right now called Dare to Lead by Brene Brown. Uh, it's really good. But yeah, I think those, are, those would be my picks. <laughs> I'm actually reading the same book right now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's really good. Uh, and what is next for Tribe of Lambs? What's your couple years ahead plan? Well, right now, um, from being incubated at the Social Venture Zone at Ryerson, it's been awesome, but we're getting ready. Uh, we're getting investment ready because we do recognize that we need an injection of capital in order to grow our business and reach our goals in the next couple of years. So I think that's sort of our next phase that we're in is getting some seed capital in, in terms of you know, we've identified our growth challenges and now we need the money to surpass those growth challenges, which is an exciting time, but it's also kind of a scary time. Um, but we have really big goals in the next five years. So it's kind of our crunch time to make it happen and take some really big risks and get out of our comfort zones. Um, so yeah, there's hopefully some big things coming in the next year. Mm -hmm. No, that's awesome. And where can people connect with you? What are your handles and website and everything? So our handles are just tribe of lambs, all one word. Um, that's the same on Facebook, Instagram, um, Twitter, but we don't really tweet that much. Um, but yeah, Facebook and Instagram are our main two. Um, and our website, of course, tribeoflambs.com. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on here and sharing the story it's super interesting yeah thank you for having us and yeah that's great to be a part of the poolside community that's really cool